You survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast, brought to you by the Black Man with a Gun. This week, five things that make this podcast different. Someone described me this week as a reverend with an edge and a past with a podcast that's loving, unique, patriotic, eccentric, honest, and funny. This week, I'm going to walk the razor's edge with more candid conversation, adult topics, guns, love, sex, and regular inputs from my friends Barbara, Ms. M, and Derek Ward. All this and more, if you can handle it. Speak louder than words and a man of a great experience I know he got you another man But I can love you better than him Take my hand, don't be afraid I'm gonna prove every word I say I'm advertising my love for free So you can place your ad with me Boys come along a dime by the dozen That ain't nothing but tense and loving Pretty little thing, let me light your candle Cause mama, I'm sure hard to handle now Yes I am CrossbreedHolsters.com presents the Black Man with a Gun podcast from KenBlanchard.com. This weekly show is diverse, open, and free, involving all members of the gun community. It's not just about guns. It's about the people behind the gun, plus your rights, fun, news, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Pastor Ken Blanchard. Dozen, that ain't nothing but tense and loving. Pretty little thing, let me light your candle, cause mama, I'm sure hard to handle now, yes I am. All right, all right. Thank you again for coming back to the Black Man with a Gun podcast. I'm Ken Blanchard. Yes, this is a podcast like no other. It's not just about guns. It's about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, this is the month of February, and we got Groundhog Day. We got the Super Bowl. We got Valentine's Day and Black History Month. We got so much going on. Can you just stand it? Well, this month and probably this show, I'm going to blow your mind and entertain you at the same time. Going to give you a warning, though. All adult subject matter coming this month. This is Grown Folks Podcasting. We're going to start off early by the time Valentine's Day comes. You won't miss the occasion, opportunity, or chance to be wonderful tonight. And my question of the week is going to prime the pump. But it comes after John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance. If you're ready for it, I'm ready for it. Here on the Urban Shooter Podcast. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, 
one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Thank you, JW. Hey, if you want to reach me for a comment, you can email me 24 hours a day, seven days a week at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Got a question? Feel free to post it on blackmanwithagun.com blog. Want to call? Leave me a voicemail. Got something special or personal you want to talk about? You can call me toll free. 888-675-0202. I am your friend and your brother from another mother. Coming at you live under the washer and dryer of the Blanchard home. One more time. This is the 255th episode of your favorite righteous podcast, The Urban Shooter. Question of the week. Now, I asked this question because I saw something that said gun porn. And I read that all the time, and I want to know what you thought that was. And what makes a gun sexy? So I asked it on my Facebook page that you can find at BlackMountainGun1 at Facebook.com. I got about 16 comments, and it says, Dale says, not a damn thing. I think it's stupid to think and say that. Cindy says, her stainless steel Kimber 1911 with custom rosewood grips. Beautiful feel, great lines. Brian says, for those with a sense of humor, it means that which is financially prohibitive. The stuff you'd have to, you'd have if money were no object. And for him, it's pretty much anything old, cult, single action, army engraved, or vintage GI 1911s. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Raul says, a 1911, nothing else has to be said. And then he asked me, how about my Browning high power? Don't you think it's sexy? Actually, not anymore. Now, sexy for me is something custom. I saw a whole bunch of sexy lone wolf Glocks that were totally different. You couldn't even tell they were Glocks. I mean, they were just, they had, one had a cross on the side of the grip and an engraved that hell was now or something. It was like really gothic looking. That was a cool gun. There was um, one with little flecks in it, kind of like it had been cut out in checkers. That was cool. So sexy and cool kind of go together with me for that, for guns. Guns are not really sexy to me. They're just either cool or they're not cool or they're utilitarian. So that's, that's me. But I would promote Long Wolf more, but I don't think they like me, so I'm leaving them alone. Jason says a 1911, especially um, for him, a, night, a Nighthawk T3. But he'll settle for Smith & Wesson Gunsight Edition for one-third the cost. A lot of people like them 1911s. They think those are sexy. Uh, Art says a large caliber muzzle, maybe with compensators like the newest Glocks. That's sexy to him. What's porn? Uh, the wisp of smoke from the open chamber after you've emptied the magazine. The hyperbaric wave as shooters around you fire. The sound of sp- spent brass falling. Ah, that's gun porn. Kevin says good wood. Just about all but the cheapest over and unders are sexy. 1911s and BHP style semis all look great with dark wood grip panels. And I assume that was Browning High Power style. For the most part, I like deep bluing 
but the Kimber Eclipse finish is amazing. Scott says sexy would be something visually appealing, which often would be different things for different people. Gun porn, to me, is a tongue-in-cheek term for looking at pictures of guns you know you'll never be able to own but lust after anyway. Leroy says, A sexy gun is a gun that is well-maintained, looks good and efficient, polished, chromed out. Guns may have an edge. As far as gun porn goes, sex sells. That's nothing new. And Tat says, Sexy equals clean lines, curves, feel, fit, and richness of color. And most of all, the wow factor. Glock and the XD equal plain Jane, XDM, MMP, Pro, SIGs equal marring up, upscaling. Colt Pythons is the ultimate finish. Smith & Wesson 460 and the Kimber Desert Warrior, the one you drool over and can never handle. Wait, I got into lust. And it says time, says an HK of all sorts I find sexy. My man Aaron says, gun sexy is just sexy, sexy. (laughs) It's very personal. What I may like or may not. What I like may or may not be what you like. And gun porn would be just like the media around that aspect of guns that you like. Jay Patrick says, it's like asking what makes a woman sexy. Hard to answer and depends on the context. Best answer I could give would be a gun with all the right lines, without all sorts of Bling or tacticrap junk bolted on, unless you really needed to use it. Functional, comfortable to shoot with a full auto switch. And Reese says, well, for hubby, the bigger boom, the sexier it is. And uh, she says, I have to say the most exciting I ever got was shooting a 44 mag. And let's see. Gun sexy, porn for her. Equals get your blood pumping, excited, lust turns on. So I guess I'm definitely, a definition will be in order. Thanks, Reese. See, that was pretty fun. And you can join the madness and the fun at Black Man With A Gun 1, the fan page for the Urban Shooter Podcast. Hey, Scott, you munchkins, get out of here. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. All right. Thank you, Crossbreed Holsters. One of the things that makes this podcast different is that you have me on it. And I'm as weird as the new Chiapa Rhino. It's a new revolver based on a whole different design. It's almost upside down. The barrel and the chamber is at the bottom instead of at the top. And it shoots pretty well. I got a chance to shoot the forty caliber just a couple weeks ago. The recoil was manageable, much less than it would be any other way. And what I really liked about it is it had like a cool way to load it. It had a moon clip. All the rounds just kind of slid right in there. Only negative is it's not traditional. It's going to take a long time to adopt. It might um, 
I don't think any police departments are going to run out and get it. But it might help shooters that are recoil sensitive. I mean, there's like a lot of positives to it, but I don't see a lot of holsters going to have to be like custom made or it has to be a new market for it. Again, it's kind of like me. I mean, I couldn't go viral if I had the flu. It's just sometimes you can be like too unique for your own damn good. I know. It is what it is. It's a good pistol. I got a couple of pictures of it on show notes for episode number 255. Is it sexy? Eh, I don't think so. Is it cool? Yes, most definitely. It fits. It's functional. It does what it's supposed to do. Kind of like me. Pretty? Not so much. And now, our featured presentation. All right, I'm going to really mess you up now. Grab this book here. As a podcaster, I got on the radar of a book publicist for the author that writes on sexuality and self-help. And I agreed to take a look at the book called Tickle My Tush, Mild to Wild Anal Play Adventures for Every Booty. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I said. Well, this book has nothing to do with firearms, gun rights, or technology that we're used to reading or hearing about on the Urban Shooter podcast or on the Black Man with a Gun blog. But you know what? I liked it. I liked it because it took a taboo subject and made it easy to digest. You ever try explaining a difficult, controversial, or unpopular subject to somebody opposed to what you were saying? Right. I have too. And our sexuality is like that as well. We have people, gun people in particular, who are mostly conservative, hardcore advocates of the National Rifle Association, a particular brand, and have opinions on politics, and they'll never hesitate to voice, but they can't speak about sex with their spouse. Ouch, did I step on your toes? But wait, there's more. This book, TickleMyTushBook.com, by Dr. Sadie Allison, was written, actually, for heterosexual couples. It's tastefully and playfully written with nice illustrations. No, for real. It will test your maturity level, though. It will gauge where you are in your relationship. It's cute, and without passing judgment, will provide you with some things you may never have considered. Now, folks that blog about sex regularly or live in a more, put up your air quotes, adventurous lifestyle may be bored with this book. But I got to tell you something. As a married man, I took the opportunity to have a nice conversation about it with the missus. I won't go into what happened, but let me share this about sex and Christianity for those who got their nose up in a bunch right about now and a little uncomfortable. I can't believe that the pastor, the pastor is talking about sex and anal intercourse on a podcast. I can't believe it. Hey, well, check this out. It is stated scientifically that men probably think of sex every 15 seconds of the day. Now, I don't know if that's correct, but it's enough to make Christian men think something is wrong when we don't think about it. I'm not sure when Adam and Eve discovered sex, but I'm sure it didn't take them long to figure it out. Now, the lack 
of sex in a marriage is a constant reminder that something is wrong. Now tell me if I'm right or wrong. For a church brother, it has become such a dirty word in this world, he doesn't know how to talk about it at home or in church with his new walk. I'm here to tell you, man, don't trip. God created sex. The devil perverted it. God provided us with the ability to procreate, and then he blessed it for recreation. The Bible even tells us that sex between a husband and a wife is good. It was designed for couples to share love, acceptance, and intimacy to emotionally bond for mutual satisfaction. The Bible says marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers God will judge. So what you do behind closed doors or wherever you do it with your missus is good. Just like food. Folks have dietary restrictions when God said that everything that he made is good. The enemy creates many opportunities that confuse us about sex. And like Leroy said, sex sells. Every culture has got some issues with it. But this separation of the good girl and the bad girl image still supports slavery, pornography, prostitution, and everything in between. So we're confused. We got some issues we inherited, we grew up with, and we caused. And it makes us uniquely messed up. So for Christians, that's who I can talk to at the moment. We become boring, well-dressed Christian eunuchs all because we lose focus. Our marriages, our children, and extended families suffer because we are almost passionately impotent. And over time, we become this sanctimonious person that is like cheap candy, having a hard exterior and a marshmallow center. And what you do, you leave yourself open to attack from the enemy for those secret adulterous affairs and addictions that satisfy us when we want to get our freak on. We think we can't do it at home when that's when we're supposed to be. Sensuality and sexuality in marriage is to be applauded. Coming, it comes right out of Proverbs. Let your fountains be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer and a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and always be enraptured with her love. I think that's Proverbs. It's either it's Solomon. It's probably, it's probably Song of Solomon. Yeah. And if you want the best sex you ever had, Share your most intimate thoughts with your wife. And that's kind of the reason why I shared the book with the missus. You got to communicate your sexuality verbally and express yourself as best you can. So have you got it? This is where maturity and communication and respect come into play. People have got some heavy core values when it comes to sex, as they do with religion. And you can realistically expect the shock and awe for me saying this, but where else are you going to hear it? When you became married, you are a new creation. You are one flesh. Your job was to get to know her and allow her time to know the real you. That's the deal.
sex can be a delicate issue. You have the power to build up or tear down your marriage with it. It's all about stewardship. I'm always curious of guys who have a degree in rocket science. But in relationships, they're like in the ninth grade. It's time to get naked and unashamed, brothers. Intimacy and trust are important elements in being the man of your house. So take your place as priest, prophet, and king of your Christian family. Don't be afraid of stuff like this. It's Valentine's Day. Or it will be. Just trying to help you out. Got a little deep there. But I had to pull you back. All right? There is a link to the book on my site, and it should be out tomorrow. I'll give you a little text of what I just said so you can see the cover of it. Here's some three Valentine's Day tips. Number one, your primary weapon is your mind. It is often the most neglected sex organ. If you want to start having better relationships with your spouse, get into her head or their head. Number two, brothers skip the Victoria's Secrets and the Fredericks of Hollywood stuff. I've learned that that's like getting a toaster for a present. Sexy is touch. Sexy is whispers. Sexy is time spent. And ladies, if I'm wrong, tweet me right now. And finally, for this show, let me tell you, corny is in. If you can make your spouse laugh, erasing a day of stress, worry, share a smile, then the legs may open. Talk, man. And for the ladies listening, you know your job isn't that hard at all. But if you have lost your mojo at home, go penthouse form on the dude. I don't know if they still got that book or section in the magazine. Does that magazine even exist? Anyway, get all Angelina Jolie on them with the voice. Get that just woke up deep voice and say some freaky stuff in his ear. After Brother Man wakes from the coma, from the sudden loss of blood from his brain, he'll be listening. Am I right about it? And if you don't have anybody, don't get all bummed out about it. There are a couple of somebodies for everybody. They might just not live in your neighborhood. Or you got to fix what you broke. That's my tips for Valentine's Day, number one. We'll get some more probably next week. All right. department, really all I got for you is that um, the Blanchard Center is a non-profit, non-denominational entity that provides Christian services outside of the traditional church that I actually started, got my paperwork back, I'm official, and now I got to kind of set up some bank accounts and get the website up and some other stuff. I've been really slow and haven't done anything on In the Wilderness Ministries podcast because of it. I've been trying to just get some stuff in order. So a podcast actually has been 
still on time, but Zombie Strikes are probably about four episodes back, and In the Wilderness Ministries, nothing's come out in about two weeks, but you know that. Trying to get it all together. Um, new job is a little, little challenging. Uh, the accident kind of threw me for a loop. The water heater of last week, all that stuff. So I'm kind of like chilling, you know, like a villain this week. Just trying to recoup, get my mind together. I got big hopes for the Blanchard Center. Um, I'm trying to, um, it's going to be a chapel. It's going to be a club, actually. I want it to be kind of a hangout place with um, bands and comedians with almost an army protect, protecting the, the compound. I want to buy old farmland and build this place and have a security guard force that protects the grounds so that parents can just drop their kids off without fear of them being missing or anything happening. It'd be like Disney World. Well, something like that. I even got an idea I'm going to buy um, like a firearms training system, FATS, electronic. Do a lot of simulation stuff on the screen. But that's that's that. Hey, have you heard about the um, the drone that went down in a cemetery? Yeah, unbelievable. The police are still um, excavating bodies looking for the pilot. So far, they got like 102 people out of the ground. And uh, let's see. We lost our Don Cornelius. Yeah, man. Cool brother. And in honor of that, I'm going to buy an Afro wig on Saturday. So check out the uh, Facebook page. I'm going to change my profile, support my Afro wig in honor of Don Cornelius of Soul Train for a little while. And that's it for the news. The second thing that I have on this podcast that makes it different from any others is I have um, an editor, a writer, publisher of a lot of outdoor markets from Women's Outdoor News on my show. And we call this section Babs in the Woods. And she's just a great person. I mean, she's just fun to be around and she's smart and she's a trainer and a speaker and she's into fishing and hunting and she does more stuff than I do. She's my sister. She's Barbara Baird. And she's up next here at the Urban Shooter Podcast. Babs in the Woods. From womensoutdoornews.com's Barbara Baird. Hey, Urban Shooter. This is Barbara Baird. Hey, Hollywood. I'm still available for consult work. You can call my pal Ken Blanchard or... Blue Sheepdog or Jimbo Bratwurst in Minnesota or Kevin from HuntingLife.com or Bullet Boy or Arthur the car teacher. Any of us would be happy to fly out there to Hollywood, all expenses paid, mind you, and tell you guys that guns don't recoil enough to throw you backwards a few feet. Or we could tell you that taking a gunshot doesn't normally make people fly up and all around. Why on earth do you preen and crow and act all hoity-toity about period pictures where all the costumes and other accoutrements are correct for the time portrayed and then blow it with overacting when it comes to getting shot or firing a gun? 
Here's what caused me to think about this again. Let's see. After I saw Jodie Foster in The Brave One, I mentioned that she needed to work on her shooting fundamentals, like not closing her eyes and turning her head when she shot at the bad guys. Or in Dirty Harry, where old Clint's got his finger all the way through the trigger guard up to the second joint when he pulls the trigger. This week, I watched the remake of True Grit. Yeah, I know, I'm always a little bit behind in movies, like about a year or two. But Dr. Baum and I watched it, and I liked it a lot. The language is prosaic, never a contraction to be found. And the girl, Haley Steinfeld, now she's got some spirit. But where the film really falls apart is at the end. That girl shouldn't have fallen backwards when she shot that gun from her shoulder, And if she hadn't fallen backwards, she wouldn't have fallen down the hole into the cave. And then she wouldn't have been trapped down there, and she wouldn't have been bitten by a rattlesnake. And then she wouldn't have lost her arm. Sorry if I ruined it for you. And when she shot the bad guy, he jumped backwards and went over a cliff. But hey, it's Hollywood, right? But what if Hollywood portrayed guns as they really are and trained its actors to shoot them properly and handle them correctly? I don't think that it would detract from the storylines at all. And those of us who know about guns, and there are millions of us out here, we would enjoy the story even more. But you know, I don't want to end on a negative, because even with all the shooting of guns into the sky close to their ears, and that recoil nonsense going on, that movie rocked. I could see it. True grit. Not only in the girl, but in the men. The good guys. The heroes. In the film... At times I felt like I could step into my screen and be transported away because those Cohen brothers know how to put it together. And I wanted to go there. It was magnificent. It was one of those movies where I didn't even check my text messages or tweets during the whole thing. Hey, if you want to feel good about what's happening in shooting sports, hunting, and other outdoor activities and traditions, please come on over to womensoutdoornews.com and pay us a visit. And thanks, Ken. Hi. You're most welcome, sis. Thanks. Just a quick uh, commercial for the Zen of Gun Ownership. It's a book I wrote, contains 20 years of my life. The racist roots of gun control, Christianity and guns. It's insights into the mindset. It's a philosophy of life. It's peaceful living. It's a pro-gun lifestyle. All from the pastor of Patriots, Ken Blanchard. It has some links to my top five choices for trainers movies and TV appearances I've been in, talks about gun laws and gun people, how I handle opposition, how to master the basics and master yourself, 18 things gun control advocates don't want you to know, 10 ways to stay focused, three things that will kill your motivation, and a little bit about home invasions and preparedness. It's packed. It's 144 pages, available on Kindle at Amazon.com. Look for the Zen of gun ownership by me, Ken Blanchard. Another element that makes me different here at the Urban Shooter Podcast is I have Mrs. M, who represents our grandmothers, our mothers, our aunts, those who are naturalized U.S. citizens, first generation or second generation Americans who love this country and seek to encourage all those who wear a uniform and support our freedom. I'm blessed to know her, and I'm glad she's a part of this podcast. Here's Mrs. M for some maternal encouragement. 
is M. Welcome to the Black Man with a Gun podcast. Hello, darling. Hi, Miss M. What's going on this week? Well, darling, you know, I read a story on uh, the internet about this group called the Patriot Guard Riders. And uh, I think I talk about you one time, you and I talk on the phone. Yes, yes, and, you uh, yes, yes, darling. You know, darling, uh, you know how a little while back we, we were talking about the freedom and the freedom of speech and uh, how I say and the freedom of other things. And I say that, you know, when you have the right, the right to say good things, uh, smart things, you also have the right to say goofy things, you know, not too smart things. And uh, that's with the freedom. You have the right to say good things and the goofy things, you know. And, uh, and uh, so, darling, I was thinking of this. And we also talk on the show about, uh, I remember, darling, when we talk about how these crazy people that go to these funerals. Oh, yeah, the protesters. The protesters, yes, the protesters. And I say, this was the episode 248 we talk about this. And I say that the irony of the whole thing is that the very uh, people who died, at the, the people who the funeral for, that person died for the crazy people's right to be crazy. That's true, that's true. Well, darling, there is a group that also decides, decided to exercise their right to be smart and to be good. And so they are called the Patriot Guards. They pay, let, me, let, me get, let me look at my notes, darling, because I want to get this just right. Oh, Rocky, Rocky, my Rocky, my cat, he's in his room here. Okay. And he knock over my papers. <laughs> okay. It's called the Patriot Guard Riders. So, Patriot Guard Riders. Maybe you say in your voice, darling. Patriot Guard Riders. Correct. Yes, darling, yes. <laughs> and Rocky's and, saying uh, it in his... Rocky's saying it too. Yes, Rocky. So, um, darling, what do they do? Is that they are on motorcycles. They are veterans, and they ride the motorcycles, and they go to the funerals, and they create like a protection around the families and around the funerals. That's all right. Yes, darling. So the crazy people no bother them. And it started out as uh, with a group of these group of guys on their bikes, maybe some women too, and uh, they protect the funerals. And they, then they kind of expand to do other things. They are welcome people at the airport, and uh, they go to any veterans' funeral, not just uh, not just the people now coming back, but uh, if uh, like uh, you know, like uh, maybe someday they when my psyche die. Um, you know, like, uh, and not that I want him to die, but someday he die, and uh, you can have uh, the uh, the Patriot Guard riders uh, protect Psyche's funeral. Oh, that's good stuff there. Yes, darling. Yes, darling. So it is on the website. And darling, if anybody listening knows of the Patriot Guard riders, please get a hold of again at the Black Man with a Gun podcast. Because, darling, I think you would like to interview one of these guys, wouldn't you? Oh, almost absolutely. Oh, yes, darling. So anybody, please, if you know, uh, or if you are a Patriot Guard rider, please contact again and be on his show, because I want everybody to know about these, these brave men and women on the motorcycles who go and protect us from the crazy people. Oh, that's good stuff. Thanks, Miss Oh, thank you, darling. So the Patriot Guard riders. We'll look yes, for darling. them. Yes, darling. All right. Until next week, this is Mrs. M and Ken and Rocky. <laughs> 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 Talk to you later. Okay, darling. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And one more element that I have that's a little different than any other podcast in the world is I have the talent of a guy named Derek Ward who actually 
took a story that I started probably almost three years ago now, and we've been tag-teaming it every week. I wait patiently as Derek creates a new chapter, send it to me by email, and then I read it for you. Called Zombie Strike. Now, at one time, I even thought that the Walking Dead stole some of our stuff. But hey, they can't steal what they don't own, right? This is an original story written by Derek Ward and narrated by yours truly. We're almost to the end of the story, actually. It's getting kind of hectic. And did you know that the intro music is from a young guy named James Gould, a guitar wizard? I think he's in Australia. Thanks, James, for your contribution to Zombie Zombie Strike. Strike. This used to be an extreme sport watched by millions around the world. We hunted zombies on a man-made island in the South Pacific. Well, that was then. This is now. Chapter 117 Gateway Arch, St. Louis, Missouri 31 December 2011 2300 hours local Countdown, one hour Mateo Cortez watched as the truth's minions constructed the site for the golden ritual. He hoped none of his nervousness showed through his impassive facade. He looked down and read the notes on his PDA. Quentin helped him with a lot of them. A small pang of loss echoed through Mateo as he remembered the giant, gentle scholar. Mateo hoped the two of them had been correct about their guesses. If they were wrong, the best outcome would be that the city of St. Louis would be turned into nuclear glass and the America's heartland would be subject to the nasty fallout. The worst would be the conquering of the world by an army of interdimensional vampires or a human-sacrificing death cult. The worst part was that in all possibilities, he wouldn't be there to protect his daughters. He'd been pretty sure that Quentin had been wrong. As he sat silently across from Giant, Matteo had been planning the man's death and resigning himself to dying in the nuclear fires. He understood Colin's decision to help the truth in those bleak hours. Then his team had returned and the last puzzle piece fell into place. It felt like Quentin had looked down from heaven and drew back the curtain on the path. Mateo had hoped Quentin was still smiling down on the team. They were going to need every bit of edge they could get. The sight was actually quite impressive. The truth's minions and remaining golems cleared an area maybe 400 yards in front of the gateway arch. The minions were using a gold-flecked powder to draw several interlocking designs. The whole thing was maybe 300 yards wide. From the recon feed on Tredegar's computer, the whole thing reminded Mateo of those Nazca lines in South Africa. Five gold pedestals were placed in an arc maybe 50 feet wide in the center of the ritual site. At the focal point of the arc was what looked like a golden book stand. A baseball-sized orb of obsidian was resting on the stand. 
a pair of minions stood guard over the orb. Are you sure about this, Maddie? Colin asked softly. Sure? No. But Quentin and Jess poured over the prophecies we stole from the truth. Quentin was reasonably sure about it. To be honest, I'd rather trust Quentin than Castle, Mateo answered. Colin simply nodded. In the short time since the combined zombie strike truth team returned from dealing with the vampires, the two men had mended their relationships. It helped when Mateo revealed their plan to his former second-in-command. It was a gamble, but it paid off. Colin leaped to the plan like a drowning man to a piece of driftwood. Everyone's been briefed, Chief Stall informed Mateo as he casually strolled up to the two men. Mateo had half expected the chief to go ballistic when he found out Mateo had brought Colin in on the plan. Instead, the chief simply nodded as if he was checking off a list of things the team needed to do. Any issues, Mateo said. You need to talk to your daughter, Stahl said. Mateo nodded and walked over to where Jess was leaned up against Billy. The spirit wolf was now the size of a Clydesdale horse and glowed with pulsing power. She looked up as Mateo approached. She'd learned to mimic Mateo's expressionless face, but he could see the tension in her body. I hate you, Quentin, and you both, she said flatly. Mateo sat down next to his foster daughter. He wrapped his arms around her. She resisted at first, but finally relented and leaned into him. Since this whole thing started, Everyone's been so worried about me fulfilling my destiny. They should have been worried about you. Of all of us, you got the worst role in all of this. I wish I could have seen it before and it was forced on you. You'd still let it happen, Jess snarled. You've been spending too much time with Sissy, Mateo observed. He continued before Jess could interrupt. She hates me and she has every right to. I pushed her too far in order to win. I knew it, and I did it anyway because I was trying to stop an evil man. So why is it different with me? Jess asked. First, because you're my daughter and I love you. I can tell you how proud I am of the woman you've become, Mateo answered. Jess looked down, and Mateo could almost see her ears glow pink with sudden embarrassment. I also learned from some sacrifices aren't worth the cost. So, how come, Jess started before Mateo laid his finger on her lips. Because sometimes they are worth they cost. Mateo answered, a sad look in his eyes. Father and daughter silently wept as Billy curled around them protectively. The three of them just sat there for a while, ignoring time as best they could. Matt, a cold, feminine voice said, breaking the spell. Mateo looked up at Sissy O'Connell. What's up? Mateo asked in reply as he stood up. Those funny old men just appeared, Sissy said, jerking her thumb behind her. Mateo looked over her shoulder and nodded. It's almost time. Go, get in position, Mateo ordered. The female sniper unslung her L-96 and ghosted into the darkness. Mateo gave Jess a quick peck on her cheek before striding over the growing pup. As Quentin guessed, 
the guardians had appeared. The path was nearing its end. It would be their duty to witness and guide the mere mortals as they used the golden ritual to harness the power of a god. It would be the guardians that confirmed who was to fulfill each of the five roles. Mateo and Quentin's plan rested on when the guardians would confirm. It is time, Mateo, Giant said smugly as he approached. The guardians hovered wordlessly as Castle, Colin, and Chief Stahl stood by. Stahl and Colin nodded, imperceptibly, at Mateo. You're right, it is time, Mateo said. Something in his tone must have alerted Castle. The leader of the truth suddenly looked concerned. It's time I killed you, giant. Haven't you figured it out? I am invulnerable to your pathetic weapons. Giant roared with frustration. Even if you could kill me, I am the champion. I am one of the five for the golden ritual. Yeah, I've been thinking about that, Mateo said, reaching behind his back and pulling the strap. One of the things we learned in that sojourn across Europe is that the roles aren't set until the moment. I'm thinking now isn't the moment. As for killing you, that took a bit longer to figure it out. Giant lashed out with his whip. In one fluid motion, Mateo yanked Quentin's warhammer and knocked the whip away. You think that hammer will do anything to me? Giant snarled. It hasn't yet. Normally, no. Then I remembered how I killed Zypizen, Mateo said. The giant's eyes went wide as he realized what Mateo was saying. A warhammer alone couldn't do a damn thing to you. The hammer of a slain hero, that's another thing altogether. Mateo and Giant bellowed their battle cries an instant before the entire ritual site exploded in gunfire. If you like Zombie Strike, you're probably like this. Bad Moon Rising. Read about it at Derek-Ward.com. And the fifth thing that nobody else has is you. Thank you for being a part of my life for 255 episodes. I'm still trying to learn how this social media thing works as far as juice and stuff. So if you could, could, could you retweet this episode or um, share it with people that you know? Tell them about the Black Man with a Gun blog. Might blow their mind too. Thanks. All right, that means it's time to go. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun podcast sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. If you want to reach me for anything at all, you can contact me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com or call me at 888-675-0202. When you're small when tears are in your eyes 
will dry them all I'm on your side When times get rough And friends just can't be found Like a bridge over to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the sunshine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. Shalom, baby. Shalom, baby.